Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Textroverts, the podcast exploring the how behind the who of people working in tech. My name is Martina Simon and I am your host. This podcast covers anything but the job. We introduce the guest, move on to the buzz wheel, a letter number randomizer that determines the questions I'll ask, and we close with sage advice about careers in the industry. Plug in. We're recording. Bradley, over to you. Thanks so much, Martina. I'm Brad. I'm, I guess, a veteran growth guy. I've been working in startups for well over 10 years now in various growth functions at various stages. I love thinking big. So strategy is where I typically start, you know, what are Mm. we trying to achieve? What's the end game? But because I was brought up, if you will, in digital marketing search specifically, that's probably my happy place. But I've Mm -hmm. definitely evolved and I've got a real appreciation for social, really. Welcome, welcome once again, Brad. Anybody in this industry I could talk to forever. I love exploring the minds in tech. And as you guys know, on Textroverts, that's exactly what we do. We don't discuss the jobs. We talk about everything else, really. I'm looking at a bank of 520 questions. I like to call the buzz wheel. The wheel is proverbial. The letters and numbers determine the questions that I'm going to ask. The letters, the format, the numbers, the topic. Without further ado, Bradley, the first letter and number combo, please. Let's go for A for my eldest daughter, and she's 10. So we'll go A10. A10, absolutely. Mm. 10 is the topic of fashion. Under A, the question is, are you a fashionable person? I would love to say yes, but unfortunately, I'm not. I'm all for a sustainable fashion and being comfortable. I think that's Mm. what's important. That's not to say I don't have a huge appreciation for beautiful design and stuff. And when I can, I enjoy that as well. But I'm pretty basic. If I don't have to, it's jeans and a t-shirt sort of. He just called himself a basic. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll edit that. I would love to know your biggest fashion faux pas, something you'll never wear again. Gosh, there's a few. I used to wear these wraparound beach trousers, very bohemian (laughs) at the time, you know, I don't know, I felt very cool, very hip and all that. And looking back at some photos, it's that sort of, what were you wearing? Oh my God. (laughs) You thought you were Matthew McConaughey and then you looked at the pictures and you were like, like, I ain't no Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) I'm seeing a sarong vibe, but like longer, (laughs) I I don't know. No judgment from me. Maybe you styled those bad boys out, who knows? And on that note, Bradley, another letter and number combo, please. I'll go for M and seven. Seven is the topic of aspirations. Under M, the question is, should everybody go to or have the option to go to university? I think that everyone shouldn't go to university, but everyone should have the option to go to university, definitely. Mm. Or at least everyone should have the option to be able to further their understanding and knowledge of the world. Freedom of information is really important. And I love things like the internet, you know, the democratization of information so you can get it from anywhere. But like, there's something to be said for a person that works really hard at something, meets the qualifications, and then because of that hard work, they have X and Y to show for it. Are you saying that there are too many barriers to entry for certain things? And so some people may just never get the opportunity. Some people work as hard as they possibly can, but their life circumstances don't allow for them to necessarily go to university. I had dreams of doing an MBA, but I just simply didn't want to commit financial suicide. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But then, you know, you could say, well, should you really be able to go to university to do a marketing degree? 
Should university be exclusive to people that want to be doctors, lawyers, and accountants mm -hmm. and engineers, right? What is the purpose of a university? I think it's that sort of idea of further education, you know? And some people are academic and they want mm -hmm. to understand the world of mathematics more, fine, right? And some people want to understand the world of engineering more and use their hands more or fashion or, you know, and I think further education comes in many guises for sure. I love that you took it there and you touched on something there about do certain degrees or qualifications even warrant university? Somebody that questions that is our current PM, who is Rishi Sunak in the UK. Something that I'm struggling with is his stance on enforcing that people learn certain subjects until the age of 18. So they should learn industrious things that lead to careers rather than going off and learning things like the arts or, you know, he wants people to be in work. I remember my first ever job and my then boss said to me, he believes that university shouldn't be about leading you into the job that you're going to do. So you study medicine and you're going to be a doctor. He feels like studying things that, you know, relate to your interests is what it should be for. And I, I didn't get the privilege necessarily of that, but I agree. I would love just your quick stance on Rishi Sunak feeling like people should only really be studying certain things that lead to jobs rather than things that spark their interests. I sort of get where he's coming from, right? Which is he wants to make sure that there's a workforce of the future. Yeah. Some of the best hires I've made, their academic background had no relation to their mm. professional future or desires mm. or background. Mm. Because I think education, whether it's at university or anywhere else, it's about expanding your thinking, your horizons, your understanding Absolutely. of the world. Some of the best marketing-related hires I've ever made were history majors. And that's obviously got nothing directly to do with marketing per se, but the skills mm. that they gained were around, okay, well, how do we uncover these narratives? How do we communicate effectively? Can I read and write really well? <laughs> You've tickled my funny bone now because I had Oli Monti on and he's at Capgemini at the moment, a consultant there. He, I think he studied history. He said he used to love history. And we were saying, do you use that in your everyday life? We came to the middle ground that it's applied knowledge understanding the theory behind something does play into marketing because you've got to understand the theory behind an ad or the you know whatever so everything's transferable if somebody wants to study dance let them rishi is where yeah. i stand on that and on that note bradley another letter <laughs> and number please i will go for f8 okay eight is the oh interesting segue the topic of education the question here is does the digital marketplace belong on the national curriculum so for those listening who aren't from the uk the national curriculum, at least from a UK perspective, is the mandatory curriculum that all students who go to school here have to learn, maths, English, science, etc. I don't see the harm. I think the thing is, though, that digital marketing or marketing channels and so on are continuously evolving. We didn't have Google pre, let's say, 99. We didn't have Facebook or, I guess, Meta ads now pre whatever, 2005. <laughs> and these things are constantly evolving and changing and morphing. But I think what they should be looking at is the fundamentals of mm. marketing, the fundamentals of understanding an audience, empathy, understanding how to communicate to that audience effectively, because mm. the medium changes, right? There's no class that you are going to be able to teach that's going to be able to keep up with mm. the rapid changes in technology, but the fundamentals remain the same. Yeah, completely. And we're moving into a world now where if you're a Luddite in the 21st century and beyond, you're already behind. 
things almost require you to have a good working knowledge of things like email or building a CV online. It's yeah. one of the days where you just jot something down on a piece of paper and walk yeah. in anywhere. So this has come up before. The bit I think should be in there is certainly at least the history of tech. So people, under, yeah. you know, kids understand where it came from. And I mean, as going as far as back as dial up, understanding what that annoying noise was and how it worked and why it came in. And Gen Alpha, you know, the babies of today, they're born with a phone in their hand. Do you love or loathe the fact that your kids now will not know a world before technology? Does it frighten mm -hmm. you at all? No, it is what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, it doesn't frighten me because this is where we are. So I'm not one of those people that are, you know, let's make Britain great again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because please um, don't be one of those. Yeah, right? not, exactly. it's nimbyism, isn't it? Not in my backyard, they call it, yeah. where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't oh, want that. Yeah, 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 we are where we are, right? This is the reality that my children are living in. So you either accept it or go live in a cave somewhere. There is a thing about attention spans. The constant endorphin bubble that we live in with technology is quite difficult to break out of. And so, is there like a risk that babies will not want to read books with pages? That's a great point, right? So there's, I think, a difference here with sort of accepting the reality that we live in versus mm -hmm. having certain, I guess, appreciations, right? Mm -hmm. One of the best things that I enjoyed when my kids were younger was sitting and reading books to them. We could snuggle up at that time yeah. where we could sort of bond and enjoy a story. My children now are sort of bookworms themselves, right? <laughs> they have their little torches and they read their books until, you know, and I have to come up and tell them to turn off the lights and sort of tell, tell them it's off for reading too now. much or whatever thought, right? That's separate to the technology itself. You can read on a Kindle or whatever, but it's the love of a good story that I want to instill in them and the love of that creativity. How yeah. they then consume it themselves further down the line is yeah. completely up to them, but I, I don't want them to be devoid of that pleasure. Absolutely. I would love just if you can remember or pluck out a favorite book from your childhood, any book. Oh, gosh, from my childhood. Oof, uh, probably The Hobbit. That's the one that comes to you mind. You know what? I had you pegged as a Hobbit guy. <laughs> I had you down as a Hobbit guy. Regretfully, Bradley, we're on the final letter and number no. combo. I know. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go for V6. Six. six, quite aptly, is the topic of tech. Under V, the question here is, whose tech setup makes you want to step up your home office? My setup's pretty basic. The person I'm most, I guess, envious of in terms of their setup is my friend Dave Standen. He's got this crazy SLR camera. He's got one of those boom mics on the arm, you know. So when you speak to him over Zoom or something like that, it mm -hmm. looks like you're talking to a professional radio host. It's, great, it's like <laughs> a bat cave. Is he just like a tech enthusiast? I guess he's a designer, really. Lots of UX mm. product. He's also, I think, just loves a good bit of tech to play with. A bit of kit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> But it's, it's uh, incredible to see What's his name again? David Standen. David Standen. I'm going to be stalking you online now to see if there's any <laughs> insights. I'm quite into a nice tech setup, especially in the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic when we were asked to work from home. Yeah. It definitely became, okay, let me get an ergonomic chair. Okay, go me with my foot cushion. <laughs> and then, you know, started extending into funky mouse mats and double screens at home. So there was some good to come out of that. Now, this juncture is probably my favorite. People who message me, that they listen and they really enjoy. Part of what they love is hearing from these experts and the inspiration that has either driven them or some new advice that they can offer somebody aspirational about getting into this industry. 
Bradley, I would love for you to please share for the listeners, where should they start? What did you learn along the way? There's no university course to do what we do, unfortunately. But what I would say is if you've got conviction, belief in an idea, in a direction, you've got good backing, don't take no for an answer. Believe in yourself and just power ahead. Also maintain that curiosity. You've got to be deeply curious constantly to try and uncover opportunities and understand people. Bradley, I feel like people are going to be inspired and amped up after hearing oh. your episode. So thank, thank you, you once very again. Much. We'll leave yeah. it there. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Appreciate you. Thank you. Likewise.